other side of midnight. Local Spotlight. Good morrow, everyone. This is The Other Side of Midnight on 77 WABC. I'm Frank Moreno. I hope you had a great weekend, and especially those of you that are fathers, as I am lucky enough to be, I hope you had a great Father's Day. Now, some people may be off today because it is the newest federal holiday of Juneteenth. We may talk about that a little bit later. But in the annals of WABC history, this day has a whole different significance because of something that happened 31 years ago. June 19th of 1992, my friend Curtis Sliwa was on his way to come to this radio station and do the morning show with his then wife. Lisa and Angels in the Morning, very popular show at the time. And on the way, he was shot multiple times inside of a taxi cab. And as much as Curtis is fodder for being teased and as much as he pokes fun at me, these were incredibly serious injuries. And I've heard the testimony of the cab driver who drove that taxi cab. And I have followed every aspect of this case incredibly closely. And I'll tell you, if this was anyone else that didn't have really Curtis Sliwa's incredible reservoir of courage and as the judge described when she sentenced his shooter superhuman ability they would have been dead and I never would have gotten to know Curtis we wouldn't be able to listen to him on the radio now and I have to tell you even though Curtis gives me a hard time now and again he is one of my closest friends and he is a gift to the people of this city and the people of this country and one of the finest radio commentators anywhere but he does so much more beyond just being on the radio, and it could very easily have all ended 31 years ago today, and I'm certainly glad that it didn't. May he live many, many more years from now, and may he avoid getting shot in the interim. Beam me up! To be continued. The Other Side of Midnight. 77 Local Spotlight. everyone. This is The Other Side of Midnight on 77 WABC. I'm Frank Morano. If you've listened to this program, I think you know I am no fan of New York City Mayor, former New York City Mayor, thankfully, Bill de Blasio. I do not think he was a very good mayor, particularly in his second term. In fact, I would probably go so far as to say that he was the worst mayor of New York City in my lifetime across the board. And I'm not one of these guys that reflexively dislikes him just for the sake of disliking him. In fact, the couple times that I've met him in person, he is is incredibly nice. That doesn't make him an effective mayor. However, one thing that he did a couple of days ago, I have to give him credit for. He gave a wide-ranging interview with New York Magazine, and one of the things they talked about, it was very in-depth. They covered a lot of ground, and the mayor seemed very candid about his regrets, his hopes, what he's doing now, his criticisms, all uncharacteristically honest for a politician. And one of the things that he talked about was something that happened nine years ago, which a lot of people have picked on him for. And I really completely agree with the mayor's answer. And it had to do with him dropping Staten Island Chuck the groundhog back in 2014. You may remember this, the groundhog that the mayor holds, not anymore, by the way, in the hopes of saying that there's going to be an early spring or telling the truth about six more weeks of winter. And the creature fell. De Blasio dropped the groundhog and then the groundhog died a week later. 
And there was all sorts of other controversies about this at the time. It looked like they tried to switch out the groundhog, and it was a little bit of uh, shenanigans on the part of the Staten Island Zoo. But what de Blasio said to New York Magazine is exactly right, and I'm glad that they don't have mayors handling this groundhog anymore. Why would you want an elected official to hold a groundhog? I don't know anything about holding groundhogs, so the whole thing is just in Sane. He's exactly right. He goes on to say that he regrets dropping the animal, but he said, I go there and it's seven in the morning, which means my motor skills are not at their best. I put on these gloves and they're like, here's a groundhog. I'm like, what the F? I'm like, do you, don't you have a little more coaching to go with this or whatever? It was idiocy. He's exactly right. Why is the zoo handing an animal to an untrained politician with no training in how to handle this groundhog and expecting him not to drop it? He doesn't know anything about groundhogs. So if you give the f- a five-year-old the keys to a car and the five-year-old drives into a tree, is it the five-year-old's fault? No. In this scenario, de Blasio is the five-year-old. I feel terrible for that poor groundhog that got dropped, but de Blasio's right. Mayors shouldn't be holding groundhogs. Beam me up. To be continued. The Other Side of Midnight. 77 Local Spotlight. Well, there was beautiful weather in the New York area for the most part this weekend, and that's great. And that means probably like a lot of you, we spent a lot of time outdoors. And you know what we encountered? A ton of spotted lanternflies. We saw these all over the place. And the first thing you should know about me is I am not a guy that likes to kill bugs, especially outside. I think bugs have just as much much right to live as any other creature that's not harming everybody. That being the operative term, not harming any or not harming everybody. And that's where the spotted lanternfly comes in. These bugs are beautiful. And they do not pose, thankfully, any danger to people or pets. However, you really should squish them. I know that there's sort of a pro-spotted lanternfly movement that's growing against pushing them. And there's been articles written about this and Facebook groups. You really need to do the right thing on behalf of the community and squish these bugs. These bugs are a danger to crops to wineries, to trees. They love grapes, apples, and peaches. And when they multiply on tree trunks, they can entirely cover the tree. The trees all over the place are going to have a hard time because of these spotted lanternflies. They are invasive. They are a menace. And if you see a spotted lanternfly nest, which usually resembles wads of chewing gum and is found on trees, if you see a nest, please remove it, put it in a plastic bag, and dispose of it. Because these things multiply quickly and they say this problem is only going to get worse. The only solution really is us. And I know people kind of mock this suggestion of squishing them. What's one person killing them going to do? Well, we have thousands and thousands of people listening to this program right now in the New York area. If all of us do our part and stomp out the spotted lanternfly, we can give our trees and our crops a fighting chance. Do the right thing. Step on the spotted lanternfly and squish it. Beam me up! To be continued. The Other Side of Midnight. 77 Local Spotlight. 
In just a few minutes, I'm going to talk with former New Jersey Governor Jim McGreevy. But another former New Jersey governor is making a great deal of news, and that is Chris Christie. He is a presidential candidate. He's all over television. He's all over New Hampshire, mostly doing a lot of Trump bashing. But, okay, that comes with the territory, I guess, of running for president. But the New York Times had a wildly explosive profile on him this weekend. I'm going to link to it right now on my Facebook page at Facebook com slash Morano fan. When Governor Christie left the governor's office in New Jersey, he was asked what he was going to do. Basically, he said he was going to have fun and make money. And it looks like he has done that in spades. And we're learning a whole bunch about how he's been making that money now. He has been doing a lot of lobbying and a lot of consulting for businesses and business interests that he benefited significantly when he was in office. His ties to pharmaceutical, medical, and most importantly, sports betting companies like DraftKings have made Christie very, very wealthy. Now, DraftKings is especially important to take note of because when Christie was governor, he led the fight nationwide all the way up to the Supreme Court for legalization of sports betting. And DraftKings has probably made billions, maybe even tens of billions because of that Supreme Court decision. So what did they do? They rewarded the politician that put them in a position to make money with a lofty, lofty consulting contract and I believe a lobbying contract that he got paid extensively for over the last four or five years. And what about that guy that he's all over television bashing, Donald Trump? Well, he was hired as a lobbyist, particularly by a lot of interests that had national business because of his relationship with Donald Trump. So that coziness that he had with Donald Trump enabled him to get super wealthy. Additionally, the role that Donald Trump gave him as the head of the opioid task force or whatever the title was, opioid czar, has allowed him to profit immensely by sitting on a number of corporate boards having to do with drugs, pharmaceuticals, and more. So keep that in mind the next time you see Chris Christie bashing Donald Trump. That close relationship with Trump has made Christie very rich. Putting the issue of Chris Christie aside for a moment, I am so sick of politicians using their public positions to set themselves up for private sector riches, which I think Christie did do to some extent here. Jim McGreevy joins me next. Beam me up! To be continued.